Welcome to another In My Mug special. I hope you enjoyed last week's. For the launch of Coffeeography, I invited Alejandro Martinez from Finca Argentina across for the launch. At the launch, I interviewed him and it makes up this week's episode, which was filmed on location at Cup North at Manchester's Coffee Festival. My name is Steve Layton and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. Um, so hi everyone, I'm Alejandro from Finca Argentina. I got into coffee farming and farming in general in 2008. Before that, I've uh, actually worked in the financial services industry. Uh, I, I grew up in Ecuador, Costa Rica as well, got a business school degree in the United States. I worked in New York in finance for a while. And in 2007, relocated to El Salvador. And basically, that's how I got started. And um, my dad had a farm, Think Argentina. He wasn't sure what to do with it. So I went up there one time and fell in love with the farm, fell in love with coffee. And I've been doing that ever since. So that's how I got started, basically. So you, uh, you are El Salvadorian, but you lived in Costa Rica and... Yeah, so El Salvador, we had a civil war back in the 80s that lasted like 10 years. So my, my, uh, my dad left the country and we wandered around for a little bit. So he's always been in, in agriculture. He, he's done macadamia farming, uh, rice farming, soybeans, um, yeah, ginger, I guess as well, like a bunch of stuff. So, uh, but he never really got involved in coffee, funny enough. So the farm was originally your grandfather's? Yes, so my grandfather purchased a farm back in 1972, I think, with uh, his brother. So they purchased a farm and other farms, then they split up the farms, and then my grandfather ended up with Pink Argentina, and uh, then he passed that on to my father, and uh, I guess my father owns it now. I work for my dad, actually, so it's not my farm, so... But your dad doesn't have anything to do with the, the day-to-day. You're making all of the decisions on the farm, that's right? Uh, I make the decisions, and then my dad overrides my decisions. <laughs> so, so I make the decisions, uh, I, I do the day-to-day, and he does the oversight, and, and he complains. It's like, not enough coffee, what are you doing? That's, that's his role. And that's an interesting tangent to go off. So when you took over the farm, the farm was producing around about 700 bags, is that right? Uh, I don't like where you're going with this, Steve. <laughs> no, I have not brought the yields down. It's not my fault. It's God's will. So the farm started about 700 bags? Yeah, we started. We, we, we actually think about it in King Palace, which is 100 pounds. But yeah, it's roughly 700, 750 bags. Um, actually, it started with lower than that. Yeah. When, when I picked it up, it was around 500 bags, 550 brought it up to 750 and then leave for us head so so a, a bag for those who don't know is like 69 kilos right. and 150 pounds yeah 150 pounds which is um yeah it's green coffee so after roasting there's less than that because there's right the, the shrinkage and things so you took over the farm and you raised the yields and then you were doing you know you're trying to improve quality and we'll get onto the organic side a little bit later but 
you saw a big drop because of Leave For Us. What is Leave For Us for people who don't know what that is? Okay, so um, Leave For Us is a fungus that gets on the leaf of the coffee. And the way that the coffee tree fights it is that it uh, drops the leaf, right? So the fungus, the spores, cannot live in a, in a leaf that's not alive. So the tree just drops it. So what ends up happening is that the tree loses all the leaves, and then there's no yield, and then it just keeps getting attacked, attacked, and then eventually the tree just gives up and dies. So And then with wind, it can spread to other plants and neighboring uh, farms and on, uh, and on and on yeah, and on and on. It spreads super easy. So wind or people, like um, when, when the outbreak happened, like you will walk around the farm with a white T-shirt, and it will be orange by the end of the day. It's just crazy how easy it spreads and yeah. So how much did that drop the yield of what you were producing? From so, those seven, 750, 69 kilo bags, where, where did right, that end so, up? So that year we produced, in 2012, the, the year was 750 or some, something like that. And we went down to 75 bags, right? We lost 90% of the, of, the, of the farm production, so. And, and that was seen in a lot of farms around El Salvador, wasn't it? It wasn't just you, there were lots of people experiencing uh, It was hits. a range, like, um, the people that got really hit, like, like me, we lost 90% of our yield. Some other people were uh, better prepared, I guess, and they lost maybe 70%, 65%. Uh, but it, yeah, it was a general problem in all of Central America, not only El Salvador. So it's kind of like if you were at the bank and they suddenly said, uh, we're only going to pay you 10% of your wages this year. Is that okay? Yeah, no. It, would, it wouldn't be okay, would it? So how did you get through that? I mean, how did you get to the other side of, you know, budgeting to make sure the farm does evolve? Because, I mean, I've seen it in El Salvador where lots of farms just get abandoned because people can't afford to manage them anymore. And how did you get through that? Um... Interesting. Okay, so that's a good question. So for us, it's a crossroads. When we when we reach that point, it's like, what do we do, right? And uh, should we just give up? Because there's a lot of investment that you need to do to get the yields up again. The main problem that we had in El Salvador was old an old plantation. So all the trees were like 70 years old, 80 years old, and mainly Bourbon as well, which is a variety. Very susceptible. Yeah. So what happens is. Um, you needed, we needed to change all the trees, put new ones in. And that's the process we've undergone. But the decision at the time was, wait a minute, we have the end market. So we have visibility into the price. We have people like you that want the coffee. So the demand is there. So that allowed us to actually plan and forecast 10 years out and actually think like, yeah, we should do the investment because... Uh, these are the cash flows that we should be expecting because Steve will buy the coffee, right? We have the, the buyers out there for it. Uh, if, if we would have not been selling specialty coffee, the decision would have probably been to just sell the farm or abandon it. Yeah. So, no, no. How cool is Ali? Like, actually, he's probably not cool by this point because after that point, we spent four days traveling around Ireland together and I've probably killed him. He's buried somewhere in, um, somewhere in Ireland, but he, he is an absolute legend. Um, it's, uh, it was great to spend that time with him, I'm sure. <laughs> right, um, cantans, using the cantans. I haven't used these for a long, long time. 
You will see on the screen a guide to Cantans. Now, why am I using Cantans? Well, they're perfect for travelling with. They're the absolutely perfect travelling companion. Unlike Alejandro, who is the worst travelling companion. Um, these are great because they're light. Uh, they don't break. Um, you don't get any strange looks. Like taking an Aeropress through customs, you get some very strange looks. What, what is this for, sir? Um, so uh, they are perfect for travelling with. And they're light and they can brew you a cup at a time which when you're traveling that tends to be all that you want so while you are there we're going to speed up the camera because this brew is going to take me around about three minutes and then we'll be back with some delicious coffee at the end of it and we are back after that uh, long prelude took around about just over three minutes to brew and um, yeah, let's dive straight in. Now, the one thing about El Salvador washed bourbons is that I don't like the descriptor because I feel I use it too much, but it's milk chocolate. Like, and they are predominantly milk chocolate. Um, this one has um, a nice caramel, kind of caramelized brown sugar sweetness to it. Um, and I want you to again think orange, and I want you to think apple. Um, and in specific green apple it's very clean it's very transparent it's very delicious and definitely one of my favorite coffees um, I'm I'm a huge fan of the work that they do at Thinker Argentina thank you for watching thanks for watching Ali thank you for joining me as always and do remember life is definitely too short for bad coffee <laughs>